So what was Israel's government like? Too often when Christians pick up their Old Testament, they immediately assume that the structure of Israelite society should be applied directly to the church. And we wind up with all sorts of interpretational, uh, interpretation issues as a result. So one of the key issues in relating Israel's identity as the people of God to the church's identity as the people of God is understanding the concept of theocracy. Now, theocracy is a word that we don't hear really often, so let me define it. Uh, the word itself is two Greek words, theos and krasis, come together, which means government and God. Theos means God. Um, krasis or kratos has to do with government or rule. So Israel's government, Israel's structure for their society as the kingdom of God is that they were a kingdom literally ruled by God. Now this is not a metaphor. This is not some sort of illustration. This is literal. God sat enthroned above the cherubim in the Holy of Holies, in the temple of the capital city of the country. In other words, God, Yahweh, ruled Israel. And the way he ruled it is through a human staff. The human staff included the king, the prophet, and the priesthood. His palace was the temple. His place of meeting with his citizenry was this central cult site where every citizen within the kingdom was required to come at least three times a year. The people brought offerings to their leader. Uh, those offerings came in the form of first fruits and sacrifices and uh, firstborn offerings. All of these things came to the temple to support the administrative structure. It was a divine taxation system. And God sat above it all as the king of not only the cosmos, but the king of Israel. So literally, Israel is the kingdom of God. And since it is literally the kingdom of God, we have the prophet who is working as his divine representative, the priest who is working as the mediator between the citizenry and the Lord of the land. And we have the king who is kind of the steward of the most high. Now this is a unique administrative uh, process or system. This isn't something that you can vote in it's not something that the church can recreate, but it was exactly what God ordained for Israel, and it was the structure of that country. So think this through with me for a minute. If God is literally the king of Israel, if God is literally the king of the country, what that communicates is that the land of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, from the Western Sea to the Transjordan, belongs to Yahweh. It also means that the army of Israel the literal army, men who carry weapons and are trained to kill people 32 ways with their thumb, the army, responds to the command of the king. So when Israel goes to war, they go to war because Yahweh commanded it. The people also are literally God's people. And that's why they're required to bring their offerings to the central cult site, because they're paying their taxes, essentially. So Israel is indeed the people of God. The nation of Israel is indeed the kingdom of God. This is not a New Testament concept, it's an Old Testament concept. So ultimately, the citizenry of this nation, this political entity, is the citizenry of the kingdom of God. This is 
Israel's situation, and let me keep repeating, this is not the church's situation. Keep thinking it through. If the land belongs to Yahweh, and the kingdom of Israel is the kingdom of God, and the citizenry belong to Yahweh, then any enemy of the political entity of Israel is by default an enemy of God. Anyone who attacks the nation of Israel by default is attacking the kingdom of God. Any illegal indigenous people group within the land are illegal inhabitants of the kingdom of God. This helps us to understand Joshua's concept, uh, conquest and the reason why Joshua would feel it was necessary to drive out all of the unbelieving citizenry of Canaan in order for the Ark of the Covenant to cross the river. So this is what Israel is. This is how Israel operates as a theocracy. Let's move this forward for just a moment to the church. Is the church still a theocracy? Well, I would have to argue no. Or if it is a theocracy, God has moved his throne from Jerusalem and the Holy of Holies up to heaven. Remember, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has become the head of the church and he has set up his human representatives, be they prophets or apostles or teachers or uh, servants uh, being deacons or elders. A new citizenry has been established and this citizenry doesn't simply live in one geographic region. Now the kingdom of God engulfs the entire planet. Now the citizenry of the kingdom of God can be found in Korea, it can be found in Germany, it can be found in South Africa, it can be found in the United States. So as we look at this current administrative structure of the kingdom of God, it is not as simple as it once was. Now uh, it is impossible to attack the kingdom of God with an army because it cannot simply be one political entity going against another political entity. When someone attacks the United States, they're no longer attacking the kingdom of God. When someone attacks Korea, they're no longer attacking the kingdom of God because they're citizens of the kingdom in both countries. So the question would be asked under the old covenant, whose side would God be on in the state of international politics? And the answer would be the people of God. But of course, those people would also be the citizens of Israel. So we ask the same question. In an international conflict, whose side is God on? And the answer is the same. He's on the side of his people. But his people are now the citizens of every tongue, tribe, and nation.